Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts from sunny Southern California where... <laughs> we don't even like the Rams and they won a Super Bowl. Oh, sorry. I mean, John Ramos likes the Rams. I'm just saying overall as a city, I mean, we're we're kind of faking it today, right? We got a bunch of lifelong Rams fans that apparently their lives began last night. But nonetheless, you, you, just, you do. You start to feel a little bit bad for other markets where you're like, yeah, the Dodgers won one two years ago. The Lakers won one two years ago. Uh, the Rams just won one. Heck, UCLA nearly won one last year. And uh, look, I mean, we just, we don't actually, we care. We just don't care that much. That's it. That, that's really what it kind of comes down to. Anyway, we got a lot to get to here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I, I guess let's just talk about the game, shall we? That makes total sense, right? Talk about the game. So Cooper Cup is the MVP. OBJ towards ACL. Um, the Rams found a way. They got a couple calls that went in, in in their favor. The Bengals have a wide receiver who had zero drops all year. That that seems like an incon, inconceivable. That that feels like a stat that's not real. But a wide receiver who hadn't dropped the ball all year drops one on third down, close to wasn't a definite first down, but close to a first down. And ultimately, end of the day, the weaknesses of the Cincinnati Bengals are offensive line and Eli Apple get exposed. And the game is a very close game. Not the best played game in the world, but you had a three-point game. And uh, you're welcome, by the way, on Bengals and the under. That was my pick all week long. I did think by the end of it, I I said I think the Bengals are going to win. But in terms of the pick, they're going to give you four and a half points. Take it. You're welcome. And take the under. A lot to get to. By the way, here's the game-winning touchdown pass from Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup. Stafford, receivers in tight. He gets the snap. He cocks his arm. He throws a pass. Caught with the leap. Belt high. Far side of the end zone. Touchdown up. The Rams have taken the lead. The Rams have taken the lead. 125 to go. Here's Cooper Cup talking about that game-winning play. Yeah, we had a little run alert in. We can you know, call the run. If we get the look we want to, we'll get man or something. We get a zero. I think we ended up getting a zero on that one. Uh, you know, we're able to alert things, uh, alert and throw a little fade ball out there. Uh, you know, Eli Apple has been playing me pretty well the entire game. Um, really came up, challenged me, um, doing a really good job with that. And, uh yeah, he, you know, cover zero, you got that inside leverage, so I tried to just weave to his leverage, make him, you know, move in a little bit, jab him one time, and be able to just give uh, give Matthew some room to put the ball wherever he wanted to, and he had a great, you know, back shoulder throw and uh, was able to come down with it. All right, so Cooper Cup is the MVP. There's a bunch to get to. Uh, let me first make my case for Cooper Cup as the MVP as opposed to Aaron Donald. I didn't think it was very close. You have to factor in that whatever you think of the Bengals' defense – that's the same team that held the Chiefs to three points in the second half both times. A team that had come up pretty solid, um, especially after Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt in the game yesterday. And the Rams, it's not just not having OBJ as your number two. You don't have Robert Woods, who was your number two before OBJ. You don't have Tyler Higby, who's your tight end, and you can't run the football. It was a one-man drive. And yes, Stafford made some throws and Cooper Cup made some plays, but they also got a big first down and end around to Cooper Cup where he read, you know, them setting the edge perfectly, cut it in at just the right moment. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. And he, he held on to the ball despite a vicious, vicious hit on a play that was called back and then scored a touchdown a couple of plays later. Donald was great in the second half. Didn't do anything in the first half, but that's fine. But one of the things that allowed Donald to be great is that that defensive line was is is just stacked, right? It's just stacked. I mean, between Ashawn Robinson and then, of course, you got Von Miller, 
I'm not trying in any way to diminish Aaron Donald, but it wasn't like he was acting alone. This would be if, if Cooper Cup had a great game and he had Odell Beckham Jr. and he had Robert Woods and he had Tyler Higbee and he was the best of the wide receivers, which he should be because he's their number one, then I would have the same feeling about Aaron Donald. And oh yeah, by the way, we're, if we're honest, you're going against a very average to below average offensive line from the Cincinnati Bengals. Cup is my MVP. Uh, it was a it was a bizarre night and really kind of a solemn night for Odell Beckham Jr., which started out thinking he might be the MVP. He was taking over the game. Then he tears his ACL. Then he reappears. Then he's in tears watching them play. Then there's the tears of joy after the game. There's a lot there for OBJ. Uh, There's Joe Burrow, who I don't think anybody would argue played particularly well. Could you say that his offensive line failed him? Yes, but there were some times, last play included, where he just held on the ball too long. Whether he was confused or trying to be Ben Roethlisberger and hold it on extra long and make a play, I'm not sure. He didn't play that well. There was, why was Samaj P. Ryan in the game when they decided to hand it to him? There's Taj Boyd, uh, excuse me, there's Tyler Boyd, not Taj, Taj Boyd was Clemson. Tyler Boyd dropping the ball on third down the previous possession. There was the weird play on second down before before they turned it over on downs at the end of the game where they gained nine yards on first down. On second down, they took a shot. Why are you taking a shot? This is not the middle part of the game. This is not, this is the end of the game. All you have to do is get in the field goal range. You got an outstanding kicker. Why are you taking a shot? Get the first down. Then maybe on first down you take a shot, but not on second because then on third down you run the football and you're screwed on fourth down. You had the Rams reeling a little bit and you wasted a down. Wasted a down. Wasted a down. Uh, I got some thoughts for you on the halftime show. No, it's not the greatest ever. Yes, it was awesome. Please stop complaining about, let me just say this, please stop complaining about the age of the rappers on stage. If you haven't figured this out yet, okay, it's basically 20 years since you were really hot that you got a shot at being the Super Bowl. That's always been the case. The only time that wasn't the case was when they had Justin Timberlake up there with Janet Jackson, and she was 20 years removed from when she first made it big. But Justin Timberlake, that didn't work out so well. There's a fear of the younger performers, you know, one, not resonating, and two, two, being a little bit before they become superstars, and three, the things they will do, the things they will, you know, buy, you know, because by now, even though Dr. Dre used a couple of the normal lines, he's 56 years old. He's not a gangster anymore. You know, it's he's you were everybody just trying to make money and solidify themselves. There doesn't need to be some of the craziness of when you're a kid. And also, here's the biggest thing. If you're young and you're like, I can't believe that the young musicians that they like, it's not for you. You don't make this call. Who makes the decision who it's for? That's what determines who Pepsi chooses as their halftime show. That's how it works. And when you have 40 to 55 year old executives, they're going to pick the music that they enjoyed when they were younger. And that has stood somewhere the test of time. Go and look. Right, go and look. We also complain just to complain because that's who we are as people. That's that's really what social media is has become used for. But here's my here's my question. And coming up next, we'll get to this. Okay. Here's my question. Give me the three things that game is going to be most known for. Right? Because if if we pick out a Super Bowl. Everybody remembers it for one or two plays, maybe three things total. Don't believe me. I'll prove it to you. What are the three or so things? Like, is the halftime show going to resonate that much? I thought like Maria Taylor, like it's going to be the greatest halftime show ever. Like, let it be a great halftime show. Then let people naturally say it's going to be the greatest halftime show ever. But what are the three things the Super Bowl is going to be remembered most for? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, uh, 
Remember last week we were talking about Kyler Murray pulling down um, and stop stop following the Arizona Cardinals. Well, Kyler Murray, ESPN's Chris Mortensen said there's even more reason for concern. Quote, in a pair of tweets, Chris Mortensen described uh, a tense relationship between the quarterback and the team. Murray is characterized as childish, while the Cardinals are portrayed as uh, aiming to ease the tension. Despite the acrimony, the Cardinals expect things to calm down. Murray is their quarterback. Select veterans hope to reach Murray as to how to handle adversity better. Cliff Kingsbury is also self-scouting where he can provide better alternatives for the quarterback. Look, this this is the problem with the transfer culture we have in football. Kyler's dad played at A&M. Kyler started some as a freshman at A&M and then was benched towards the end of the year. Um, and he transferred out. And then he sat behind Baker and then started for a year instead of Baker and was the number one overall pick. But, like, look, I'm sure there's part of it. He's not wrong. People have been critical of Cliff's offense, you know, they uh, of of some of the defensive stuff, of the team and what they've surrounded him with. But there's also a portion of, like, he was awful, awful in the playoff game. Awful. Did they provide him with the proper, you know, reads and options and ability to look better? Maybe not, but he looked awful. There's just no accountability and no like, hey, we're going to get better next year. You know, when you take a team, when you stop following the team that drafted you number one overall and has started you since the day you walked in the door, when you take down tweets about you and the team and you stop following. That is the height of immaturity. Nothing says I'm immature more than that. See, I don't, I don't get that one. All right. We're going to talk through the entire game with TJ Hushmanzada. But speaking of TJ Hushmanzada, he's a former Bengal. You do know that I told you so. Get everybody on message. And now a ticker tape parade. Like what? I told you so. Why? Because he had talent. Finally nailed it. Gottlieb. 24-23, Bengals beat the Rams. Bengals beat the Rams and get the under as well. All right, so the Bengals didn't win, but they did cover, and they did hit the under. Okay? Um, so, like, look, I'm, I'm doing a little 62%. Is, are we done? We're done for the year. Is that what the actual, what are the actual numbers there, Jason Stewart? Yeah, I'll get the exact numbers, but around 62% of the NFL and like 58% college, I think, is where we finished up. What are you eating? <laughs> I'm pulling a Ramos here. And I'm eating lunch in the middle of a segment. But, uh, you know, um, it's the pretzel and peanut butter combination from Trader Joe's. I, I can't get enough of it. Roger that. Love peanut butter. As now, you have you to. ever had cookie butter? No. Jace, uh, what about you, uh, Dan Byer? Have you ever had cookie no. butter? Ramos? That would be another no, Doug. Well, okay, now i got to come back in the studio to bring cookie butter <laughs> you. do, you. yes. So you know those Biscoff cookies that you get on, like, airplanes and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were the first to make it where it's, like, basically emulsified Biscoff cookies into, like, a peanut buttery sort of substance. Does that sound delicious? Absolutely. Okay, they have it as well at Trader Joe's you can get, but I'll pick up three jars of it and I'll bring it into studio. Sweet. And then, yeah, and then... Can't wait for July. And then then you will, all of you will be like, that's the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my life. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. T.J. Hushmanzada joins us, former Pro Bowl wide receiver and a co-host of Up On Game, which airs Saturdays noon to 2 Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio. Hush, let, let, let's start. Um, let's start with the first half of the game. It did feel like before OBJ got hurt, that was trending towards a blowout. On the other hand, we've seen this before with Cincinnati getting behind early. What were your thoughts on how the game looked before OBJ got hurt? The Rams were the, the Rams were moving the ball fairly easy, but I I wasn't so concerned because the Bengals have been and they've shown this consistently. They're a team that can make adjustments. They're a team that has made adjustments and they kind of adjust to what you're doing. 
and I wouldn't say they shut you down, but they slow you down. But OBJ going out for sure had a difference in that game because at the rate that he was playing and the energy he was playing with, it looked like it was going to be a long game, at least for the Bengals. Um, how hard is that going to be for him to come back from his second ACL, same knee? That That's tough, Doug, because when, when that happens, number one, it's the same knee, you're going to be a free agent, and it happens in February. It's almost this entire season, upcoming season. And so it sucks to you finally get a chance to play in a Super Bowl. You kind of resurrected yourself, and people thought you couldn't play, and they realized oh, it was a situation you're in for him. He'll come back from it, but it's going to be tough. Okay, so he goes down, and the game the game seemed to change. Um, I mean, there's to, to me the plays that decided the game. First, how how could Cincinnati let the ball go to Cooper Cup when Cooper Cup was pretty much their only option? I have no idea because you saw when OBJ went out, Stafford did try to get the ball to other guys, and those other guys just couldn't get it done. The timing, he just didn't he didn't trust it after that interception. He was like, you know what, I'm going to just get the ball to 10, and if they shut him down, I'm in trouble. And the no-look pass, I just thought, like, Von Bell, you have a guy right there on the tight end. That's a snag route. They want you to jump underneath route because somebody's coming behind you. That's football 101. Somebody in front guaranteed or somebody behind. But Stafford doing what Stafford does, he looked at the underneath route, and no-look Von Bell, and he jumped it. Even, even on the uh, – Game winning touch, and I'll be honest, Eli Apple. I'm putting a woozier on Cup. I'm not putting Eli Apple on Cup. It, it happens. I, I thought towards the end of the game, the refs played more of a part than they should have. You've let the guys play the entire game, and then at the end of the game, you want to start calling flags that were very, very questionable. You don't call the false start. You call the holding. I just thought they played a part in the game when they've been letting the players play the entire game. Couldn't agree with you more. All you ever want as a player is consistency, right? And consistently, they consistently, they were just letting seconds. everybody play, right? They weren't. They were just letting everybody play. And now all of a sudden, you're going to call some uh, some some jersey tugs and some pis and holds. That was that was the opposite of consistency. I mean, when you you go back to, I believe it was 31 seconds left in the first quarter when uh, Joe Burrow threw that post route to T. Higgins. Ramsey grabbed his jersey for a good three, four yards. They they let it go. He's like, okay, this is how the game's going to be called. You know, he was um, illegal contact with Jamar Chase, hitting him 12, 10 to 12 yards down the field. And that's fine. If that's how we're going to play, perfectly fine. And then the last minute and a half of the game, you changed the way you ref the game the entire time, which I thought was suspect. But, you know, it is what it is. You, you cry, you you know, you sing the blues when you lose, you grin when you win. But I just felt like just let the guys play. Let them decide the game, not you. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Who would have been your MVP if you were voting? Oh, 100% Aaron Donald because I felt like he was the single most important reason the Rams won. Like, if Aaron Donald is not getting pressure on Joe Burrow, the Bengals win that game. Like, he, Aaron Donald defensively took over that game. Go back to the last play of the game. I'm sure you've seen a clip of it. Jamar Chase is wide open for a touchdown. Wide open. If Aaron Donald doesn't beat his guy as fast as he did, uh, the Bengals win that game with a walk-off touchdown because um, Ramsey had fallen down. Yeah, I, I believe Aaron Donald should have been the MVP, but you can't complain with Cup getting it with the season he had. OBJ going out of the game, you know they're going to go to him, and he did what he did uh, that last drive. Um, how likely are the Bengals to be back at this level? I truly believe, Doug, the Bengals surprised everybody. 2-14, two years ago, what other sport, basketball, baseball, can a team be 2-14, first pick of the draft, and being a Super Bowl two years later. You, you just don't see it in other sports. You don't see it. And so this is the start of something great. It, it's not a flash in the pan type of thing, at least not in my opinion. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Do you think, like, the Aaron Donald retiring thing, that feels like I just want a new contract, isn't it? 
Aaron Donald is looking at these contracts and what T.J. Watt has just been paid, and Aaron Donald is saying, you know what, uh, I might be underpaid here. I just don't see he just finished his eighth year. He's still the best defensive player in the league. I just don't I don't see how he retires. I really don't. But if they don't want him to retire, don't tell me you want me. Show me you want me, and you show me with the money. If I'm the Rams, there's no way you can let him retire. There's no way. Figure it out. Um, oh, we don't have to figure it out. And if they figure it out, Aaron Donald will be there. Okay. What, uh, what about the Kyler Murray situation where uh, he thinks he's being made out to be the scapegoat for them losing and looking bad in the playoffs at the end of the year? They think he's immature. He unfollows them on social media. What do you do if you're the Cardinals? <laughs> Would you say that's immature yourself when you when you do stuff like that? Like, yes. Dude, you're yes. the quarterback of the team, Kyler. Like, come on, bro. Like, when you even even if there's nothing wrong, there's say there's absolutely nothing wrong when you unfollow the team that you play for and you were once following them. Everybody's gonna say, "Oh, why did he do this?" It's so immature. It makes zero sense. And it's like, bro, grow up. Like, you get a ton of credit. You've been to the Pro Bowl multiple times. When the Cardinals are doing well, you get a ton of credit. So when they do bad, if you take some of the blame, so what? Because you're probably getting too much credit than you deserve. And for sure, you're taking too much of the blame. But it comes with the territory, and that's why the quarterbacks get the big bucks. If you can't take that, then it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, he got the blame. He was terrible. He was terrible against the Rams, you know. And I'm sure some of it's game planning and some of it's not having any, not having DeAndre Hopkins, but he was terrible. And people said he was terrible. They didn't say he is terrible, but he was terrible in that game. I mean, it happens. It happens. You know, you, you play some good games, you play some bad games. It happens. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, first he said, like, 17 years of great memories. It, it sounded like he was leaving, and then he talked about how much he loved playing for Matt LaFleur and how great their relationship is. What do you make of what Aaron Rodgers said at the NFL Awards presentation? You just, you just don't know what's going on, man. It's like he wants to stay. He doesn't want to stay. But the Packers are in a tough spot. When you look at the cap space that they have – and the free agents that they're going to have, and they probably need to give Aaron Rodgers a new deal. Does he want to stay and be in that situation? I don't know. How can they be competitive with the amount of free agents they have in the cap space? It's, I think for Aaron, if he's really looking at it, which I'm sure he is and he has, it's probably best that he goes somewhere else. And the Packers are probably trying to paint a picture that, oh, we want him back. We know he's leaving so that when he leaves, we don't get too much of the blame. Stug Outlip Show here on Fox Sports Radio. TJ Hushmanzada is uh, is our guest. Do you believe Tom Brady is retired, retired? Man, when he, when he retired, Doug, I was like, oh, he's done. Shocking. Because he said he wanted to play until 45, maybe until he was 50. And then he comes out and says, uh, never say never. That kind of shook me up, and I thought, Brady wants to play. I can envision this. I can envision his hometown team, the 49ers. He grew up rooting for him. He grew up wanting to be a 49er. Trey Lance, you sit one more year, and Tom Brady sees what he can do. He sees, can I lead three teams to the Super Bowl and win? I can see that. Outside of that, I see him staying retired. But if he can get to the Niners, I can quite possibly see him coming out of retirement. Hmm, that would be amazing. Like there has been, there's been other talk of that. That would be super, super fascinating to see, right? Just fascinating to see is if Tom, I think once he's retired, he's not, he, I don't think he's Brett Favre hopping on a tractor in Hattiesburg. I think he'll be jet setting. I think it'll be different, but I, I could be, I could be very much wrong. Do you see a world in which Sean McVay walks away? No, Sean McVay's young, very young. He's like, I want to spend more time with my family. Like, you don't have a family yet, dude. Like, when you have kids, like, I got you. You know, he wants to start a family, but the grind of football is long. What needs to happen, and really, I truly believe this, 
these coaches have to get out of this. Oh, I got to be up there at five o'clock and I got to leave at midnight. Yeah. Like, dude, the film is watching you. You're sitting there and you're watching film. And I guarantee late at night, if I tell, if I ask you, what did you just watch? You'll have to rewind it because you, you don't, you're not paying attention. The film is actually watching some of these coaches. They've gotten so caught up in, oh, I got to do this, this, and this, and this every single week, every single day. That's not the case, dude. This is football. It's not that hard. People are going to run the same things. They're just going to get to it different ways. So, no, I don't see, a, I don't see anywhere that he retires at all. Um, okay. Halftime show, what would you think? I thought the halftime show was, uh, it was good. It was refreshing. It was different. You rarely do you see that type of halftime show in the NFL. Uh, making progress. Now let's make progress, real progress, in everything uh, that pertains to football when it comes to minorities. Wait, you, you don't see what type of halftime show in the NFL? I mean, you, you just don't see a hip-hop type of show with Dr. Dre, Snoop, 50 Cent. You don't see that where it's just that type of show, all rap music type of stuff. You just don't see it. Um, yeah, I mean... I I don't know. I mean, I I they they've had they had the problem was they had the MTV produced one with Timberlake and Janet. How how long was? But they, that was that was Nelly, Kid Rock, P Diddy. This is back in two thousand four, right? Usually it's twenty years removed. Twenty years removed from when you were successful is is what they generally do, don't they? Yeah, but when you say Kid Rock, like Kid Rock is not in that hip hop. No, no, I got you. I I understand. I understand. I mean, you get death row records, like it's called death row. You know, um, I it, it's I thought it was really good. I but I but like you know, you get younger people like, oh, it's for older people. These they don't have any new songs. Like, okay, those are the people paying the bills. That's like what we always do. We always do people that were popular twenty years ago. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was good though, Doug. You know, you you can't please everybody. There's always going to be a section of people that say. Oh, I really like this. And a section of people that say, oh, why are they doing this? You can't please everyone. I, I thought the show was good. Um, the NFL does a pretty good job of each year they'll have something different. It's never the same thing. And so you can't complain because, once again, you got a section of people that loved it and you got a section of people that did not. Yeah, that probably means you you, you nailed it, right? That's, that's probably that's probably pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> TJ Hushmanzada, former Pro Bowl wide receiver. Check him out on Up on Game. You can download the pod that is a podcast as well. TJ, you're the best. Thanks for joining us. All right, Doug. Take care. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, let, let's talk some ha- halftime show. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah, those guys are older. I, Snoop Dogg still got it. I guess the New York Post posted some picture like Snoop Dogg smoked weed before he went on stage. Like, and? <laughs> ah, so what? I mean, first of all, it, it's actually legal. It's actually legal. There was no illegal activity taking place. You know, technically doing a public place could have been, but whatever. I just, I, I almost felt like that headline should have said, should have said Snoop Dogg, you know, smokes reefer, right? That felt so dated as a headline. It, it needed a little reefer, some sort of sixties headline to it. I thought it was good. Do I think it's the best ever? No, no, not. I mean, what's going to compare with Prince playing purple rain in the rain I forget about the fact that per, uh, Prince died. It's not even that. It's at the at the time. I also think there's something to playing your instruments. Like I thought the national anthem was spectacular, and you know we we all match it up against Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston lip synced the national anthem. That doesn't count. Doesn't count. And so I I think I think all those guys were really rapping, and Mary J. Blige was singing last night. I don't know. But if you're not playing, were those guys really playing instruments or not? Because there was a couple times where there's some dudes playing instruments that they weren't playing instruments. What do you think there, John Ramos? How, how much instrument playing was there? I don't think they're probably, I think the drums may have been live and stuff like that. It didn't really matter to me. It's all good. It's a show, right? 
It is it's entertainment. You're like, I'm not sitting there going, okay, play the bass. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about having a good time. And uh, I don't know what you're going to say about the halftime show, particularly. It sounds like you liked it. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. In fact, if if you saw the people in the background, they kind of showed the fans. There were people like just jamming in the back. They were like dancing and having a good time. And that's what it's for. It's supposed to have a good time. Let's have a good time out there. We we are just, we're the annoying we are. That, we, we are annoying. All of you, and, and look, I'm just, I can be just as much a part of this, but I'm with you. Like, we're, we have to do this, like, let's play the all-time list of great shows, right? It's like, sometimes you're morally offended if somebody goes like, well, you know, I thought Prince is better. No, you're wrong. Like, did you, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? Uh, Fitty looked like a buck Fitty. Right? Actually, he looked more like three fifty than fifty. Poor guy had to hang upside down too. That's a lot of weight, you know. When that's you're... a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of blood rushing to his head. I thought the Bengals should have tapped him on the shoulder and go like, "Hey, any chance you can block? We need somebody in that uh, that right guard spot." Oh man, he looked, he looked like a right guard. Um, I I thought there was a lot of Dre. I if if anybody, I thought. Eminem kind of missed a little bit of the moment. I love Lose Yourself as a song. It is fascinating, like, how 20 years later, Eminem's at, in the NFL. Like, if you would have gone back to when it was Hi, My Name Is, you know, back in, in his first album release, there's no way he plays something as mainstream as the Super Bowl. But I thought Eminem, with the look, you know, it's it's like it's better off to see your face to to relate it. <laughs> I, he was just wearing like a weird hat. I don't know. Um, I thought Dre. I thought Snoop was great, but Snoop's always great. Then it was it was really cool because you know, my my kids are watching it and they're sitting there going beforehand. They're like, I don't even know anything Snoop sings. They like you know kind of like Snoop Dogg. Good. That's the whole point. So to, to me, the three most memorable things of that Super Bowl. Um, I think the halftime show will be in there. Uh, although it's weird to do something very LA and then you have guys from all over uh, in terms of rap, but you could have done strictly an LA, LA one, but it doesn't matter. I don't know. It was, it would, that would probably be like third, third. Um, in terms of plays on the football field, I, th- I think, I mean, since I was sacked seven times, seven. So I would guess maybe the last play the last play, and then the, the Cooper Cup game-winning touchdown catch. I think the rest gets caught, and like, we forget who is the, the Bengal who was out in the in his slides, in his house shoes, jumping on the field when they got the interception. Like, what was that? I would say act like you've been there before. The Bengals clearly hadn't been there before in a long time. I don't know. Jason Stewart, what are your three most memorable things? You know, you, you actually took a couple of mine. Vernon Hargreaves um, going onto the field and getting the uh, getting the taunting penalty, one of the most like dumbass decisions oh, yeah. I've seen uh, in a long time. Like at, at any point, nobody told him that you're not supposed to do that if if you're in street clothes. Um, yeah, the Cooper Cup thing at the end, like you know, everyone has said this, but the Bengals knew the Rams were going to him, and he still made it all work. But um, I think like rocks the rocks over the top intro. I I was. I wasn't into it. I didn't quite get what his deal was. I don't know if he was trying to do like the uh, the the uh, Michael Buffer thing or he was he, it I, was he's doing Bruce Buffer. Yeah, Bruce it, Buffer does the it's time. Yeah, and it didn't quite land. I mean, it seemed like he was doing first, like first a half all, like, intro. I, this is nitpicky, and I know he didn't pick out his own stuff. And the dude is ridiculously yoked and ripped. But it was weird where he has like two different colors of maroon on. Anybody else notice that? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I Dan Byer, I'm interested in your take. Your take on the rock thing. The rock thing. And I know that well, NBC I, has, yeah, Peacock has WWE, so there's probably some of that part of the tie. It was, I, I think it wasn't just the rock. I actually think it, the the halftime show, they, they, they were trying to overcompensate, I felt, from last year's lack of Super Bowl. So let's just put everything in this one. Like there's the the halftime show for me, and I was excited when it was announced and thought it would be great. 
no offense to 50 Cent, but we didn't need more. Like, if it was just Dre, Snoop, and Eminem, yeah. it would have been magnificent. It would have been great. That's I didn't want to just hear one song from Eminem or one song. Like, I want I wanted to hear other ones. And, and, and I think that, I mean, the, the game broadcast for us started at 3 o'clock local time here in L.A. And the kickoff didn't happen until... Uh, like 3.40, and that's with the six-hour pregame that, that NBC had. But there were all these things. There was the coin toss, there were, you know, the America, like all that was stuff that you had before. But, yeah, The Rock was just extra. Now we're kicking off at 3.40. It just seemed like they tried to overcompensate with everything to maybe make up for last year when there wasn't uh, everything. That's the Ooh. sense that I got. Okay. And your and your thought about the the play of the Super Bowl that w- I think will be remembered will be uh, the Donald sack. I think that that will be that will be the play. Do you think who do you think was the MVP? Yeah, I, th- I think it was. I thought it was Cooper Cup. They, the, the Rams. Nobody could really do anything offensively in the second half. And when push came to shove, you went to your best weapon. When the Bengals knew you had to go to your best weapon, and it was him. And Only Donald, weapon. What's that? Only weapon. Yeah, it was. It truly was. So I, I agree with, with Cooper Cup uh, being that guy. Touchdowns help, but yeah, it was it was Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what about you, Jay Stu? Most memorable moment I mean, you think Vernon Hargraves, but that's not going to go down as a historically memorable moment. No, no, no. We'll probably forget about that. But in the moment, I, I just I couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, Cup catching that pa- last pass for me. The play prior to that, where he just got laid out, and uh, that, it was so strange because I, I didn't know what was going on at that time. I know there was a couple penalties going on, but my question was, did he make the catch? Is that a touchdown? Like, if there isn't a penalty here, did he make the catch? Was it, it or was he pushed out of bounds? Like, I wasn't, I wasn't given clarity by Al Michaels in that moment, and I was kind of looking for it. But Cooper Cup in general is my my biggest takeaway. I like your line about Maria Taylor. Uh, telling us that the greatest moment in the history of music is about to happen. And then Al Michaels actually teased it like music's best moment of the year. It's like, you're speaking for music, Michael, Al Michaels? <laughs> it was just strange. And then- well, these, these are all, by the way, these are all things that are scripted, right? They Like, Maria didn't come up with that on her own. And right. Al Michaels, he's reading from a, he's reading from a card, right? And, and... And like, again, somebody who's listening is like, well, you're trying to diminish like, no, I'm not. I'm telling you how network television works. It's way more scripted than cable television is. You know, that people don't you just not, you don't wing it. <laughs> you know, you don't wing. It. It's like you were making fun of uh, Drew Brees on social oh, media. For his, his pre his pregame analysis was what? Uh, pre-game analysis, uh, the keys to the Bengals, they have to stop the big plays, uh, limit Cooper Cup in those uh, pivotal moments, and then figure out a way to stop OBJ. Mm. Well, they failed on each of them. Yes, because that does, that's groundbreaking stuff. Just even the whole keys of the game is really something that is classic 1980s TV. I, like, I hate when you do keys of the game, like score more points than the other team. Don't turn it over. Like th- those are the, 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 you know, we can do that in any game. Um, it's the I, source, I, though, right, Doug? I mean, it's like that guy must have watched hours of film on each of these teams. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, but and that's the insight he delivers. You got to understand. Let me let me be fair to Drew. Okay, and I, I, what you're gonna, you're, the pushback is really simple. The pushback is, well, the, his analysis is bland and milk toast every time. That's fine. I'm just going to tell you that going working from ESPN or even doing CBS in the regular season to when you're working in the Final Four, like people who are watching, the, you have 120 million people watching, okay? And the hardcore sports fans, you're like, well, you know, they're going to play the cover four shell, and you got like that doesn't. You got to give people something really, really easy. I'm, I yes, you have to dumb it down. You just do. Can you back it up with some video, which they did at half? And I thought he was better at the half. Yes. But all of that stuff is they, they you have a meeting the night before and they're like, what are you going to say? You're like, well, you know, we got to take away Cooper Cup and got to run vice coverage. And and they, they talk you out of it and they want to give you something so that a a 50 year old dude who's got people over at the house has the TV cranked up. You give him a couple of things to look for and that's it. It is, but it is. That's that's network TV in a nutshell. 
I thought, who's the young woman who did sideline for NBC? Who I think she she was an athlete at, at Rutgers. Is it Catherine? Is it Tappen? Or yes, yes. Okay, she's fine. I mean, she's she, I'm sure she's good and going to get better. She asked a, a weird question at the end of the game. You know, you get like three questions. It was like, was it Matt Stafford? Like, what do you admire most about this team? It was, it it was very much a. Network TV question. I thought that's what they. I thought they they didn't use Maria Taylor enough. They got all these people, and like she's a really good sideline reporter covering football. Because I would have liked to know. I mean, again, that's when you can get right off the field is where you can get kind of footbally, right? With your questions, doesn't have to. The game's over. Doesn't have. It can be kind of inside football, you know. And you know what were you? What were you? Where were you when Aaron Donald got the sack? And were you nervous? And boy, you almost seemed to only. Did, was the plan to only use Cooper Cup? <laughs> right? You know what? What are your thoughts on OBJ? There's a bunch of other stuff. I just I I was a little underwhelmed. A little underwhelmed. But overall, it was great. I mean, it was a good watch. It was a close game. It wasn't the most entertaining game in terms of high yeah. scoring. But it was there was it was a good little chess match taking place. Burrow was never comfortable. Stafford was slightly more comfortable. I do think the officials missed a couple. Do I think they did it to help the Rams? No. Did it help the Rams? Yes. It's a good football game. What did you you tweet, Dan? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I don't know if it was. That's. I was not locked in. I just I just told these guys in the in the last break that I, I the game just all of a sudden ended. Like it was. Well, just, it, it did go. It went. The third quarter went really, really fast. It was really yeah. fast because the Bengals scored, you know, early in the early in the quarter, and then the rest of it was just team, teams trying to run the football. They couldn't do anything, and they'd run, punt, run, punt, move on, and we're moving on. The uh, the when they ran it on third and short and didn't get it, and I, I thought I actually thought it was maybe even a bad spot. I thought that they. I thought would, it was a bad spot too, but I think he stuck out his hand that didn't have the ball in. Have you seen that replay? Uh, no, no, but. All of a sudden, then fourth down just happened, and then the game was over. And it was, it was just, it was, yeah, it was. I was, I was, I tried to get locked into the game, and it just wasn't happening. And when you sit back and you think of what happened, and again, this is not to take anything away from the Rams winning the Super Bowl, they're Super Bowl champions, but the Bengals, you know, finished with 20 points in the second half. They got the touch, the long touchdown from Higgins on the non-PI call on Jalen Ramsey. And then their other points were set up on the next play on the uh, tip ball interception. And that's all the, That's all that the Bengals did in the second half. And the Rams were having their own darn troubles and trying to figure out a way to score. Yeah, it just... I, I just... It was it was a close game. I just don't think it was a good game. I, but there's lots of games that are like that. Right? Like, Carolina... Both Carolina times Carolina was in the Super Bowl were not well-played games. Carolina-Denver... I mean, Cam Newton was awful the whole game. He still had the ball, a chance to drive down the field with down six points because Peyton Manning was terrible. He was completely washed up, right? And that, their special teams and their defense won in that game. Carolina-New England, first time. not, But it did. Look, it gave us a couple of great plays. Um, did I it? do think it was, <laughs> like, trending, it was trending the way of a it was trending the way of a blowout before OBJ got hurt. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes, but I, I, would, I would also say this, that that is also the role of the Bengals. Like when we saw the Bengals come back from their game against Kansas City, that maybe you thought it was going to play out that where hey, is this is the Cincinnati got them where they want them? You know, like is that is that so? Not saying that they needed to get down twenty-one to three, but there was just yeah. Once OBJ went out and the Rams were were handcuffed on offense and Cincinnati couldn't block the Rams defense. You know, the defensive front. It was a it was it was a close game. I just don't know how much it it locked people in because I just don't know. I had trouble figuring out what three plays or three moments that I would write down from the Super Bowl. It reminds me a little bit of actually you brought up other Super Bowl. It reminds me a little bit of Ravens Niners in Super Bowl 47 where the thing we most remember is the lights going out in that game and I don't know if it's if that's going to be the halftime show or what we remember from it but you know that was that was a good game Joe Flacco ends up getting the MVP he gets his Super Bowl 
I'll probably remember this most for Matthew Stafford getting a Super Bowl, like in general, not specific play. But when I look back in history, I'll be like, oh, that's when Stafford got his ring. That's what I'll probably look back on it, just like I look back at that Ravens one. That was when Joe Flacco led the Ravens to the Super Bowl. So I just, I just, I, it didn't, you know, I mean, I had no dog in the fight, and maybe that was even part of it. But yeah, it was just, it was. It's just a weird game. There wasn't anything to lock into. There wasn't momentum in the second half to think that things were going one well, way. Both or offensive another. lines were bad. Both defensive lines were really good. And I think that that's part yeah. of either team. You know, I mean, I, and that's that's just a hard thing to watch. It, it's a very football thing, but a hard can, thing to watch. Can I? And I know we have to, but just when you look back at the Packers Niners game that they played at Lambeau, and that game was thirteen to ten, and I know the elements played into it. That had me more locked in than this one. And some of the elements that you could say, uh, you know, that maybe were lacking in that 49ers game were the same thing that we're lacking here. But for some reason, I was locked into that one more than this one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, wait, what does LeBron want? He wants a victory parade? He tweeted because, yeah, because the Lakers, you know, weren't able to get their championship parade from winning in 2020. And the same thing for the Dodgers, that they should combine forces and just have this super parade to celebrate all of those titles. How about we make the playoffs first? How about we we make the playoffs? How about we we pull ourselves out from... They they look better against Golden State, but yeah, you kind of miss that window. Could be LeBron's way of trying to remind Laker fans that, hey... Hey, remember we won a title. Yeah, yeah, we we forgot. It was in a bubble. It totally is. It totally is. I mean, like, look, we're going to pretend like we everybody loves the Rams. The Rams still the, at best, second most, probably third most popular football team in Southern California. Most popular would be the Raiders. Second most popular, I think, is SC. Rams probably creep up there. Although, the Dallas Cowboys play the Rams tomorrow. Tomorrow at SoFi. What percentage of fans are Cowboy fans? What percentage of fans are Ram fans in that stadium? <laughs> Ramos, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I worry about who wins the game, which would be the Rams. I John is so, so mad right defensive. now. John so is defensive. hated the last yeah, 10 They'd they so smoke the Cowboys. It wouldn't even be close. <laughs> but seriously, won't it be like the most unattended Super Bowl parade we've seen? I mean, will, will it Will it mar- well, will It depends match- on where you have it. Listen, if you have it in the right place of L.A., you got enough homeless people that oh, doesn't oh, come on now. <laughs> it would be really well attended. Like, I mean, technically, they were there anyway. Like, you hold it at Venice Beach, and, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people already in attendance. That's so good. Like, what was the last WNBA title? How did they not have, how did they, they, by the way, how did they have, like, that was supposed to be, like, an L.A. city grid right underneath them when they're dancing last night during the, during, during the, during the uh, halftime show? Like, they should have had some homeless people hanging out, right? You want to really make it an L.A. Super Bowl. Jeez. Right? And then you have, you got people all masked up and, like, wearing the hazmat suits. Like, if you really want, like, have fun with it. They should have just filled the entire field with cars and be like, this is the 405. <laughs> well, it starts late. At 6 o'clock. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, you, just, you know, and then, and then, oh, I got it. I got it. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. And then somebody's got to be involved in a police. There's got to be a police chase that interrupts the halftime show. Around the infield. Right? Wouldn't that be amazing? And all of a sudden, there's like a helicopter. Like you could do like a little mini helicopter and following one of those cars, right? That's how they should have started the show. Why didn't they ask us for a creative? Man. Like, look, if we're going to say, like, all the things L.A. has, L.A. has the best weather, has the best sports. Now, you're starting to have the best the best, the best football stadium uh, in, in the country. Going to have the best basketball arena. That's going to be the Clippers when that thing opens up, right? You got all this great thing. You got all these nationalities and people represented. Like, we're going to really represent. Like, we should really represent the Los Angeles. <laughs> a car chase is an L.A. thing. <laughs> and, well, and we're not the only, and, and L.A. is not the only place with homeless people. It just feels that way. I mean, there hasn't been a Super Bowl since the incident. I mean, would the NFL sanction a, a, a white Bronco coming into the end zone or coming into the stadium and nah, OJ actually would, getting would, out? OJ could actually get out, right? <laughs> I thought Tupac was going to come out for a second there yesterday when all of a sudden California Love started so playing. I, if, you I, were gonna cut, if you were going to cut somebody from the halftime show, like would you? Mary J. Blige, I think, is the most accomplished performer out there, I believe, in terms of Grammy Awards or whatever. So I'm I'm not sure I would would have cut Mary Mary J. I think do you cut Eminem or do you cut Fifty Cent? Oh, I, I, 
Oh, go, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I would have. I mean, personally, so I would have cut Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I agree. Oh, come oh. on, guys. I didn't even know what that song was. That, no, that, what song no, that, was that? That was them trying to reach. How do we, you know, reach every different audience? That's what it was. And thinking like, okay, the younger kids will want to hear Kendrick Lamar. The older people will want to hear that. That was their effort. Yeah, they should have. I, cut I really it by like 50%. Kendrick. Yeah, I like Kendrick too, and my son digs that song. But I, mm. I'm I'm with you. He, uh, but at least he's an LA dude, right? Whereas Fifty Cent, like, when was the last time he performed? Well, he wasn't even promoted. That's why it was kind of a weird thing for me when I saw him. He like, was the hidden. Did one. we that know was, he was that, coming? No, that was the surprise. That uh, was that, that, the there was there was they were talked about a surprise guest, and that's who it ended up being. Like, think about it. Maroon 5 did the Super Bowl three years ago, and they had the whole set, and Travis Scott came out in there and did, like, a song. But it was all Maroon 5. Yet, we have to split up Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? We just gave, you know, you know, whatever, for for 10 minutes. That was my Adam, is that his name? Adam Levine? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, they had the whole stage three Super Bowls ago. Yet, we have to split up didn't make much sense. Weekend. The weekend Cold, last the weekend. year had the whole Super Bowl All show himself. to himself. That's right. Yeah, it was just too much. It's, it's a great point. It should be pointed out, though, that part of it is if you sign up for Dr. Dre, he's not only, he's more producer than rapper, and those Correct. That's, that's his you know what? crew. You know what you do? You have the, the, the stages that they have. Snoop's on the left, Eminem's on the right, Dr. Dre's in the middle, and then you just go back and forth Damn. from hit to hit. Just Boom. Dan Byer, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. That's what you do. Now, it should also be pointed out that in the club, while it felt very dated and forced, probably the most popular song of any uh, and the most listened to song and known song of any that would perform last night. That is, I mean, if you're going to put somebody out there that is like that, that's a song. Like when that bump, 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 like I knew, I mean, that's a pretty big song. I thought everybody looked forward to "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. "Lose Yourself" was great, yeah. but that was that was after. Yeah, I'm talking just in terms of the song, and I like. Actually, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. Okay, we're gonna do big deal, little deal, or no deal upcoming next. Uh, Jace, do you research for us which which was in fact the most popular song? Like which what was considered the most uh, sold single of all the ones that were performed last night? Jace, do's on, on that one. Plus, will Stephen Ross lose the Dolphins? We'll discuss next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.